My name's Heather. I am a small business owner. I have a business both in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, and I do alternative medicine, um, but people may recognize me from the Nova Group stable. It really goes back to uh, when I moved here in 2013. I came to Nova Scotia for school. I knew absolutely nobody, but I was told that there was a university-based ministry on campus um, that was led by Pastor Mike at the time. I had enough courage to go the next week, and it was within no time that I realized that Pastor Mike's ministry had such a heart for just not the service, but also outside of the service and the community around that. Um, so fast forward a little bit of time, I remember I was thinking a lot about like churches and where I should attend, so I text, like, texted Pastor Mike, I think it was in like, 2016, and I was like, if you ever start a church, I want to be a part of that um, because I know how much that ministry impacted me um, from the university perspective and I wanted to be a part of something that he was and his family was a part of that because I understood their heart and vision for the church and it was exactly a year later we actually had our first meeting for Nova over at Finlay Tech and I've been part of the Nova church ever since. So for me um, why I give a legacy goes back to actually like how I devise my business. So my business, I based like the title and the like purpose after Romans 11, 16. For if the roots are holy, the branches will be holy. And I created that business because I'm a firm believer that who we are on the inside and our health of this, or the state of our health on the inside depicts how we are on the outside. Um, if we're unhealthy, then it'll show on the outside. But if we sow into that seed on the outside, it could show up in like our energy. It could be for our families. It could be like strength for our jobs. It could be focus, so we could dedicate ourselves to the purpose God has for our life. And so for me, why I give the legacy is exactly the same reason. I believe that what we sow in today can strengthen and deepen the roots of who we are as a church. And then we can grow and build a firm foundation upon that. And to be giving to that is so important because I love being a part of the bigger picture and focusing on people, not just people that are close to you, but also far from God. So that's why I give the legacy. And I love being part of that. When the astronauts landed on the moon, the famous words that they took a step out, one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. You might feel like it's a little bit you can be a part of this going, just a small step of obedience to try to break through this level. But together, it'll be a large step for our church. Would you prayerfully consider would you simply say, God, what's my part to play in breaking through to this next level? That's all. That's it. So simply say, God, what's my part to play? And I believe together we can go to new heights. Father, thank you for those that give today. Thank you, Lord, for the future of this church. But thank you for those that said, this assignment's on us. This is our calling. This is our 
task. This is, this is our endeavor and our mission. Father, bless them today. Thank you for your generosity, Lord, and thank you for theirs. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. Uh, good morning, church. Welcome to church. We're really glad you're here. Uh, as Brent said, Christmas experience on the 23rd, um, 3 p.m., over 50% already booked. Um, 80% over, uh, is booked already for the 6 p.m. I think we have over 900 tickets already gone. They're free. Don't take more than you need. Take what you need, uh, but they're free. You can find them online. You can find them at Guest Central. Um, we'd love for you. What an amazing night to invite somebody to church is on the Christmas experience. It's an amazing, amazing time. We have one more after today, one more Sunday of church on Sunday morning. That's what you're supposed to say, boo there, cry, temper tantrum. Just one more Sunday before we go into the new year. We have Sabbath Sunday on the 31st. Um, you'll see all this schedule online. Um, but I just want to say, like, um, just how much we love the passion that we have as a church to gather here. I know some of you drive an hour to come to church, talking to you even this last week. Drive over an hour to come to church, um, which is so humbling and so inspiring. Uh, some, I even heard a story this week of some from downtown actually take renting an electric scooter from downtown to come to church. And then the electric scooter died or went beyond its range and they had to ditch it. And they ran the rest of the way to church. Some like Sherry, I love Sherry, lives a few blocks away. But in your wheelchair, you navigate snowbanks and, and the elements to come to church. And some of you walk to church, some of you bus to church, some of you Uber and taxi. Some of you drive, some of you uh, from far and wide. We just love your passion to gather. And uh, we are honored to be your pastors, me and Nancy, and we're just so thankful uh, for every chance we have to gather. One more Sunday next Sunday. The kids are going to be in prime form. It's going to be amazing. And, um, and then we're going to preach and close this series and launch into 2024. How many remember Y2K? Remember that? Gosh, remember that, was, that was 24 years ago. Wow, okay. Uh, we're in a series right now called The Christmas Gifts. Christmas gifts, and if you have your Bible today, if you could turn to Luke chapter 1, let me read Proverbs first. If you, as you go to Luke chapter 1, in your Bible, it's just over, it's into the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke, Luke chapter 1. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Let me encourage you today, let God straighten out your journey. Some of you feel like you're up and down all over the place. You feel like you're going backwards and forwards. You feel like you're lost. Some of you feel like you've fallen into a ditch of despair. Others feel like you're hitting potholes. Some of you feel like you're just confused and in a fog. God will direct your paths, and he will make your paths straight today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for when we gather together the passion in this room. Father, our goal today is very clear. It's to hear your voice and then to obey. God, I pray for those today that this is a tough day. God, I pray they'd feel your strength, hear your voice, and be aware of how much you love them. God, I pray for those today that feel joy and peace. Father, I pray today, God, that they would know you are the source, and would you overwhelm them with your goodness. God, we're so thankful that you're not distant, you're not distracted, that you are with us here in this space, and we're on this journey of knowing you. God, our goal is to leave here more like you than when we walked in. Father, thank you for these moments. Thank you for this community. And thank you for what you've done, and thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, everybody said, I love, um, I love Christmas traditions. I've been asking everybody this week, do you have any special traditions? We were out to dinner last night. We were invited into um, people in our church's home, amazing time. And Like, what do you do? What's your traditions? And I was reminded one of the traditions we've had growing up, we don't do it anymore. Our kids have grown up. 
but me and Josh, who comes home next week, I'm so excited, uh, from Vancouver, is that we would, one of his big Christmas gifts was Lego. You know, Lego, you know, how many like Lego? Lego my ego? Okay, Lego, okay. And we would, we would take Lego, buy a, and they, like, buy this huge Lego piece, and then that was the gift, but then we would put it together over the next four days. And we would take two hours a day, and he'd get the snacks, and I'd try to wrangle my focus, and uh, we would put it together, and we would just go up in his room, we'd shut the door, we'd put on music, and we'd have fishy crackers and snacks and candy, and we'd sit there with bedhead and house coats, and we would put two hours a day, and we would put together these, I got a piece of one of these, this is our, this is, uh, our most famous one, is the Millennium Falcon, I just realized this morning it's missing a piece on this side. I don't know where that piece went. Um, but this is uh, over 1,300 pieces in this Millennium Falcon. And it took us days to put it together. And I love this tradition. We'd get the gift. We'd look at the box. We'd sit down and we'd break all the, the, the pieces into different sections. And the, the gray with the gray and the white with the white and the large pieces and small pieces. And we'd, we'd, we'd organize it all. We'd make sure the floor was clean. Everything was organized. And then we'd take out the instruction book. And then by piece by piece, page by page, we would go through and put this thing together. What was done, we would show everybody. And then it would go to a special place, place in his room to look at. Never play with it. Just look at it and enjoy it. And every single year, for it had to be five or six years, this was our tradition as a family. And the temptation was always to look at the box and then build off the box. Because I don't know if you, I, I probably look like the kind of guy that this is probably, you probably know this. I like to skip steps, you know? Like, I just, I like the idea, like, yeah, I can, I can figure that out. I've seen the movies. I've seen Chewbacca. Yeah, you know, I can do this. That was a horrible Chewbacca impression, but I did it. Okay, we're out there now. And... Uh, so you look at the box, and then we start going, and then, you know, the first day you're excited, and then after the second day, two hours in, he's not quite as focused, he's now on, on, on to other things, and I really want to go watch a movie or do something, and by the third day, you're like, can we just pick this up, and you're starting to see it come together, and you start skipping steps and just looking at the box, and sometimes you realize if you're Lego, it's amazing how much you can learn from Lego, but sometimes you realize, I learned this in Lego, if you had to force it, it usually wasn't right. Because sometimes I'm like, that piece goes, look at the box, Josh. That piece goes, why won't it fit? I'm looking at it going, it's the right color in the right space. It's the right size. And I'd be forcing it. I'd be trying to like, like take a knife and cut it in. I'm like, I, am, I, I don't know why. Do you know what's going on? He's like, six. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know either. I'm like, we need to call someone smarter than us. Who can we FaceTime? We got to figure this out. And I realized that if you had to force it, something was wrong. You can't force it. You had the wrong piece. And sometimes you had to go backwards and pull it apart before you could move forward. And you realize, going, you know what, that looks like that piece, but it's just a slightly different color gray. In fact, that piece is right, but we forgot the piece underneath of it, and that's why it's too tight and jammed up. And sometimes you had to go backwards before you could go forward, and the instructions were a gift. Last week we talked about the gift of his presence Today, unpacking the Christmas story, talking about the gifts that God has given us in this story, I want to talk about um, the gift of instruction. The gift of instruction. The instructions were a gift when we did this Lego, and I want to encourage you in the Christmas story, it's, it's speaking, it's yelling through the centuries and the millenniums to us, the gifts that God gives us, the gift of instruction. In the Christmas story, Mary gets instructions from an angel. 
Joseph gets instructions from a dream. The wise men get instructions from a star. And the shepherds get instruction from a choir of angels. And the same God that instructed them is the same God that wants to instruct us now. See, if you only read this as a history book or a book of philosophy, you will miss out. The Bible says that the the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Because we believe you actually can know the author. When you understand that you know this God, this God, the same God that, that, that wrote this, the same God that inspired this, the same God we read about, is the same God that we serve, we follow. He is alive and well. He is still speaking to men and women. He is still leading people that he wants to not only instruct them and lead them in the Christmas story, he wants to lead us from 2023 into 2024. I honestly believe that same God wants to lead us today. Three truths about the gift of instruction Today, I want to encourage you with. Number one, I want to start reading in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Here's Mary here. It says here in verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. I feel like that describes a whole bunch of people right there. Confused, if you've been on Facebook, that should be the slogan for Facebook right there. Confused and disturbed. If you didn't get that, it's because you're one of those people on Facebook. That's okay. All right. We love you, Facebook, so much. Welcome to Online Church. Love you so much. Please be kind in the comments. Okay. Um, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus, and he will be a great He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give you the throne of of his ancestor, ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end, will never end. It's interesting. Mary got the gift of instruction, but her instruction was a new direction, was a new direction. Her instructions came with new directions. Pivoting. Please don't, please don't let these be trigger words for you. Pivoting, unexpected, unprecedented. That is not a 2020 thing. That's a life thing. Life forced us to pivot. The unexpected and unprecedented happened well before 2020, and it's still happening now. You need to know it's a life thing. Life is unpredictable. Life forces you to change direction. Life comes at you fast and comes at you hard. Life is unprecedented. Have you realized that yet? If you live in this city, 2023 in some ways was a lot harder, 2023, than 2020. Some of you have lost your houses to fires in this room. You know how the floods have affected you like it's affected us. Life, uh, unprecedented, is not a 2020 thing. It's a life thing. Embracing God's unexpected plan is a part of being a follower of Jesus. So many of us just want to hunker down going, I got my life the way it is. I got the right people, the right place, the right job. Can I just hold on forever? And I've learned the only thing that is constant is change. Have you realized that yet? The only thing you can count on is things will change. That's why we said even this week, like, it feels like it's a pretty good season right now. And I don't mean, I, I don't, we don't live in fear, but I'm just like, just enjoy it because things change. Life changes real quick. Life is unpredictable. But listen, God's plan is un, uh, unexpected sometimes. God wants to give new direction. Mary, if you read, we read this because we know the story, but if you think about it, Mary being, a, 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 um, a, being this young lady would have had plans for her life. She was engaged to Joseph. I'm sure there was a whole bunch going on with that. She was picturing the wedding. She was picturing the plans. She was picturing a timeline of how this was going to happen, their love story, where they met. 
and how this was going to go. And she was engaged to this amazing man, a hardworking carpenter. And I'm sure she had plans. She had visions of what their wedding was going to look like and her family was going to be involved. And then I think she probably had plans, like most of us would, going, hey, when are we going to start a family? And how many kids do we want to have? And what, what names for our kids? And they had all these plans that this is the way it was hopefully going to go when life can change things and throw things at you. But Mary would have had a plan. She would have had timing, and she would have had what she wanted her life to look like. And then heaven shows up, Gabriel shows up, and the instructions from heaven was the unexpected. So many people get thrown by the unexpected. Listen, her child would change the world. Jesus changed the world. But it, changing the world started with her changing plans. See, see we, everyone likes the idea of changing the world, but few like changing their plans. If I asked you, what do you want to do? I want to matter. We're talking to our kids about their careers. I'm like, we don't care what you do, as long as you feel God's uh, presence on your life and you feel like it makes a difference. And that's in business or education or medicine or ministry or whatever that looks like for you. We just say, hey, everybody wants to change the world, but very few people want to have their plans changed. Everybody said, man, I just, I, just, I, just, I just believe my life will make a difference, that I will leave a legacy with my life. I believe that, that I'll be able to, people will be better because I was here. The world will be better. Business will be better. Schools will be better. Uh, the medical community will be better. I believe that cities will be better because my life is here. I want to change the world. Okay, but sometimes it starts with changing your plans. I've learned this following Jesus. He'll give you instructions, and sometimes they're unexpected. Sometimes they're unexpected. Psalm 119, 105, it says, His word, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I want to encourage you as we get ready to launch into another year that he speaks and then we step. It says, His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that he lights it up so we can see where we're supposed to step. There's a pothole there. Watch out for that. That'll get you in trouble. This is the way you should go. This is the right path. Listen, he speaks, we step. As we are launching into a new year, I would, I, I would encourage you, have your voice tuned to hear what God is saying to you. Because I know this, life is unexpected. But I do know this, that if he speaks and we step, he guides our steps. The steps of a righteous man and women are ordered by God. But I encourage you, embrace the unexpected. If you're like, no, I just, got, I just like what I have. I just want to stay where I am. You need to know God likes to mix things up because he wants to change the world. And many times he'll start with changing your plans. Oh, but if you embrace the God that leads you, you don't need to fear change. You lean into it. Because our trust is not in our systems or in our calendar or in the plan we have. Our trust in the Lord that, that he speaks and then we step. Second truth from um, this gift of instructions from heaven is have a return policy. Matthew chapter 1. Let me read Matthew chapter 1, the very first uh, book of the, of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 18. We're now with Joseph here. It says this. Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. This is the first, the first book of the New Testament. It says his mother Mary was engaged um, to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, who was a, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. He was just going to say, I'm done. It's going to quietly, just, I don't want to embarrass her, I don't want to shame her, but I'm going to end this relationship quietly, and I'm just going to go on with my life. 
Mary, you do your life, I'll do my life. I don't, you know, he thought maybe it was a Roman soldier that impregnated her. Maybe she um, made a bad decision with someone she knew. He, you know, that baby is not mine. That's not my child. And you know what? I don't want to tie myself to this, 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 this drama or this story. And I, I, I love you, Mary. I want to honor you. I'm going to do this quietly, but I'm done. I'm out. That's what, that's what it's saying there. He's like, I'm out. I'm out of this. You see, we, we know she's giving birth to the Son of God. We know the Christmas story. We know there's going to be iPads next week filming kids. We know the rest of the story. He, all he saw was, this is not what I wanted. This is unexpected. So he made a decision. I'm ending this relationship. It's over. I'm going to go do my own thing. You know what? Maybe I can find someone else I want to marry. I, can, I, I had plans. Uh, we had families connecting. We had all this stuff. We put a, we, we're doing this and doing that. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and change my mind. I'm going to break off this engagement. Watch this in verse 20. As he considered this, he's making plans. He's, he's, he, 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 he's writing in the text and then erasing it. If Mary looked on her phone, there would have been bubbles. iPhone, Android, I don't know what you guys do, but iPhoneers, the bubbles disappear. Bubbles disappear. He's considering this. It's not you, it's me. No, that's not true. It's actually you. <laughs> you know, it's a, all right, how do I say this? Okay, um, you know, it was fun while it lasted. Um, there's, there's someone else. Um, um, uh, um, I've been praying about this. I don't know what he was going to, but he was considering this. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid. Take Mary for your wife, for the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son. You're the name him Jesus, and he will save the people from their sins. Have a return policy. Now, I, I've, been, I've been through the valley of the shadow of death this week. I was at Costco. <laughs> what a scam that is. My gosh. It's always busy. You have to pay to get in, and then you spend money. I'm like, you have to pay just to be allowed to go in? I'm like, what if we did that at church? Gotta show your Costco membership. Like, show your membership to get in. Like, uh, $100 a year. Amazing. I don't, like, it's mind-blowing. Not only do people shop there, but they pay to shop. It's just, I'm just sitting there going, this is amazing. What I love about Costco, though, is I, my wife talks about it all the time, is their return policy. Some of you know I'm talking, some of you haven't experienced this. This is me. You, like most stores, you come back, you have to have the box, the receipt. Someone has to recognize you. have to show your transaction. Not Costco. Costco, you can show up six years later with a canoe you bought. No box. It's broken. No receipt. It can, it, can have, it can have debris on it. My God, it can look like it was run over 15 times. You're like, hey, I bought this here. No problem. Go pick out a new one. <laughs> I bought this dinghy for, 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 I bought this tent. I bought this inflatable thing for our tent. 15 years ago, our kids have outgrown it, and there's a little, there's a, it's a little wear on the side. It's leaking air. That's okay. Take it back. They don't care. You walk in. It could be from Canadian Tire. They don't even care. Sure, come on in. You got a membership? Come on in. Well, just, there's no box. We don't need a box. We don't need a receipt. Just go, go get some samples and get something new. The return policy is mind-blowing. And some of you take advantage of it. I know who you are. I'm not going to say names, but Amy, I know you're here today. But <laughs> Just the, the return policy is amazing. It wasn't the right purchase. Just return it. So many times you're afraid to buy something. We're buying stuff for our son who lives away. I'm like, is this the right size for him? Is he going to like this sweater? And you're like, oh, I'm so nervous. What's the return policy like? Costco isn't like that. Sometimes you buy something and you just want to return it. Joseph, in his gift of instruction, his gift in the gift of instruction was correction. Joseph repented. Now, that's a church word we use a lot. But raw repentance means, and if you grow up in church, you know this, is you're going in one direction and then you return and go back 
another direction. Repentance means if you give your life to Jesus, you're, you're leading your life, you're in charge of your life, but you repent, oh God, I want to lead my life, I want to follow Jesus, because we feel like uh, we are all walking away from the cross, walking away from God, but when we repent, we say, no, no, I'm coming back to you. You're the one that made me and loves me and saved me. Repentance is a change of direction, it's a return. And Joseph's gift and the gift of instruction was one of correction. Joseph repented. He changed direction. He was going to call off the engagement. He was going to end it with Mary. He was going to cancel their plans for a family and a future. He was walking away from it going, you know what? You messed up. I don't know what you did. I don't want to shame you, but I don't want to be a part of this. I'm done. I'm breaking it off. I'm going to do my own thing. And one direction from heaven, it says he repented and he changed direction and he returned to what? God called them to do. Listen, not only will God give you direction for your life, which Mary got. Listen, God gave Mary a direction going, listen, I don't know what your plans were, but you need to know you are highly favored of God. We have been watching you from heaven. And you know what? We believe you're the one that actually is going to mother and raise the very son of God who will be the ransom for our sin. He will change the world in eternity. He will defeat hell and the grave. You are the mother. Change of plans. Listen, you have direction. Unexpected, but you have direction. Joseph wasn't direction. It was correction. Joseph, Joseph, you're going to ruin the whole thing, Joseph. You're going to ruin the whole thing. We got Mary right where we need her. She's on board. She's ready to go. Her, her exact words were, let it be. Whatever you, yes and amen. Let it be with you. Let it be with me. I'm in. Joseph, you're going to ruin the whole thing. You need to repent and change your direction. Don't break it off. You're supposed to be the earthly father of Jesus. You're going to be Mary's husband. You're going to help raise this boy, provide for this boy. We have a plan, Joseph. You need to get back in line. And Joseph at that moment could have said, man, I just had a bad falafel. That was just like bad meal. It's a bad lamb kebab. That, it was in a dream. Isn't it interesting that the repentance came through a dream? Check this out. The very first time Jesus is mentioned in Matthew is in a dream of correction. Hey, Joseph, don't break it off. She's the one. Stay with her. It wasn't what you thought. It wasn't a friend. It wasn't a Roman soldier. It wasn't infidelity. It wasn't anything. that. It was literally a moment from heaven. Stay with the plan, Joseph. He could have woke up and said, man, that was a crazy dream. So, Mary, it's over. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm repenting. Isn't it interesting that the name of Jesus, that you will name him Jesus, that the gift of the name above all names that we worship today, that will save our sins, that heals our diseases, came in a rebuke of correction? Church, I want to encourage you, correction is a gift. Our aim is to be aligned, not right. Some of us are so busy trying to be right, we hold on to things. No, our goal is not to be right. Our goal is to be aligned with heaven. And sometimes, we look at saying sorry. Sometimes we think sorry is like the worst thing. No, no, correction is a gift from heaven. And because Joseph had a heart after God, when God said, no, no, you're going the wrong direction, do not make that decision, I need you to turn around, change your mind. He corrected, he aligned, he returned, he repented, and look what God did through his life, birthed through his family, the Savior of the world. Correction is a gift of instruction from heaven. It's a gift. Heaven's greatest gift came through correction. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. You'll see it on the screen behind me. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Full stop. Some of us got some wrong stuff in our lives. You need to know that. Just, you need to wrestle with that. Some of you are like, not me. This message is, you know who this message is for. It's for them. No, no. Listen, 
Humility is going, you are God, I am not. God, correct me. Why? Because the greatest gifts come through correction. Watch this. keeps going. It said, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do, uh, uh, what to do is right, to do what is right. It, teaches, it corrects us when we are wrong. Listen, I want to encourage you. When God speaks to you, some of you he wants to correct before we go into the new year. Some of you going into 2024, he wants to direct you, going, listen, change of plans. You weren't expecting this. You weren't aiming this way. This opportunity to come up at work. There's a schooling course that's on your mind. Maybe it's this relationship that I'm leaning you towards. Maybe it's this moment of opportunity, and you're like, man, I didn't even think about that. I had this plan. I had this idea. Man, I don't even, that's unexpected. Some of you, it's not that. Some of you, God wants you a full stop. He wants you to, to correct you and for you to repent before you go into 2024. I remember saying, I would say this for years, I never want to be a lead pastor. I mean forever. There's a lot of reasons for that. One was all the meetings I thought went with being a lead pastor. Because no one likes meetings. Come on, somebody. If you like meetings, you're probably an engineer. But that's another story. But, but, and, and, and I'm not wrong. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of meetings. I said, I, I said a lot of things. I said publicly, I'll never be a lead pastor. I'll never lead a church. I said this, I'll never pastor in Halifax. I, I had someone say to me 10, 10 years ago at a meeting, another pastor in the city, you know what, you are? I'm like, uh-oh. He's like, you're a church planter. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. He goes, you're a church planter. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. Look at how cool I look. He goes, no, you're not. A, you're not. No, you're a church planter. And I was like, no, I will never pastor in this city. I will never plant a church, and I will never be a lead pastor. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> you know what? I'm so thankful for God's correction. I remember my wife, my wife leaning over me. I was having a panic attack one night because she said to me, there's more on your life. Yeah. Life was going well. We were in a good place. It was wintertime. There was snow outside. And she leaned over me. Uh, we were in, in, in the bedroom. She, she, I was sitting in a chair in the bedroom. She looked at me. She goes, there's more on your life. I said, what do you mean? She goes, there's more leadership on your life. And I felt panic. <laughs> True story. I'm not making this up. I didn't know what to do. I had shorts on and a T-shirt. I walked outside and sat in a snowbank. And Thor started throwing snow on my head to calm myself down. Some of you laugh because you've never dealt with that. I was, oh, it was the first panic attack I ever remember having. You know, it's interesting. I'm so thankful that God corrected me. Part of why we're here today is because God corrects. And God goes, no, no, you just need to walk back those words. You need to walk back. Listen, I know what you said. You have plans. I understand it. But I want something different for you. Listen, some of you full plans you've made need a full stop or a reverse before you go into the new year. You've got a great pace and a great speed in your life. You're just on the wrong road. You said to me, man, look how effective I am. Look how busy I am. Look how much I'm doing. Great pace, great speed, great effort, just going down the wrong direction. I want to encourage you before we launch into a new year with new opportunities and new challenges that maybe God wants you to just go, hey, there's some things you need to walk back on and turn. There's some relationships you need, need to restore. There's other relationships you might need to end. There might be some people you need to talk to. There might be some, some businesses you need to ch make decisions in. It might be in your, in your, in your personal family. It might be in, in thoughts. It might be your spiritual walk. But some of you know right now, right now there's things in your mind going, I, just, I feel like I need to go and change that. I feel like I need, to, I, 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 need to, I need to stop doing that. Or I need to start doing that. I haven't done that for a while. Some of you feel like it. Listen, before you can go new year, new me, man, 2024, best year yet. God's going, whoa, I know the plans I have for you. You don't even know how good they are. But it's going to start with you repenting and changing your direction. Correction is a gift. 
And the more we understand that, because God is not against us. It's, see, if you think correction is punishment, you have a wrong image of God. You think God is a judge and a jury, and, a, and he's punishing up in heaven, going, ah, I got you now. No, no. He's a good father. And every good father and mother knows how to correct their children. If you don't, you spoil them. You know what we call those people? Grandparents. <laughs> but you know, as a parent, the best way to help your kids is not only to direct them, but also to correct them. And when God corrects you, it's because he has something better for you. If he didn't care for you, he would just leave you to your own devices going, just screw up your life. I don't care. But because he loves you and he knows what he wants to, please don't miss this, birth through your life and grow through your life to help generations, he needs to get you to where you need to be. And some of you, it's the gift of uh, directions, but others, it's the gift of correction. Sometimes the way forward is back. And like Lego, you just want to get to the end, and you're forcing connections that aren't supposed to be. The goal isn't to be done. The goal is to be complete. Yes. The goal isn't to be successful. It's to be whole. And we love the picture on the box, don't we? We love the direction of this is what it's going to look like. And we look at the box of life and we go, this is what I picture. You look, you look at a Hallmark movie going, this is what I picture romance to look like. I want the box. I want the picture. I want, I want that image. I want the romance and I want the, the, I want the butterflies and I want, I want that box. I want that image. I want that picture. Some of you, you see influential and you define that however you want to see that in your career, in your life, in your friend group going, I want the picture on the box. Some of you, it's what wealthy looks like. So I, I see that I, I want the picture on the box. I want what's promised. I want, I want what I bought. I want what my degree promised me and my job promised me and my LinkedIn account promised me. I want that picture. I want that. And sometimes we love the direction, but we don't love the correction, and we start forcing things. And his instructions come with direction, but they also come with correction. And when you have direction and you have correction, you get our last point. When you have direction and correction, you get the last one. Number three, get the warranty. Matthew 2, verses 13 and 14. This is great preaching, by the way. I'm just encouraging myself right now. I'm not even being funny right now. I'm so encouraged. I'm like, God, please direct me. Please correct me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Honestly, I hope you're blessed by this because I think God wants to get you somewhere this next year. He wants to birth some things in your life, but we've got to get direction that's unexpected, but correction, which means we've got to repent. Verse 13, now, Jesus is born. The Christmas story is well underway. The wise men have showed up. Shepherds have come and gone. It says in verse 13, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child and try to kill him. But because Mary had the direction and Joseph had the correction, together they had the protection. God directed, God corrected, and then God protected. We all want the protection of heaven, don't we? remember growing up, um, before school, every single morning, my mother would gather me, my brother, and my sister uh, in the front door of the house, split entry, walk down like six stairs, open the door, get ready to go out through the screen door, and she said, no, wait, we have to pray. And we'd gather, we'd hold hands, and we'd pray. I'll never forget sitting there, man, just like looking up the stairs, my mom praying, and she was a long prayer. <laughs> and I remember I'd be distracted, looking over my shoulder, and I'd see my friends walking down the street behind me, and they could look in. Like, you see you're holding the hands of your sister and your brother and your mother. Like, the quote, the, uh, McAllister, you can get beat up for something like that. 
I remember trying to shut the door with my leg. I'm like in prayer, like just like, do we just shut that door? Just, I don't want anybody to see me holding my hands with my sister. I mean like grade four going, this is so embarrassing. Mom, pray quicker. And she's prayed the praying prayer every single time. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection. Some of you who grew up in Christian homes, you know, put the hedge of protection. I didn't know that. I know what she was trying to pray. Hedge of protection. What, is, what does shrubbery have to do with this? Like, the devil wants to attack my life. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's hydrangeas. What do we do? Right? Like, oh, I had a plan for everything except for cedar woods. You know, nothing else. Hedge of protection. Listen, 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 listen. So many of us want the blood of Jesus to protect us, but we don't want the voice of Jesus to direct us. You don't need to worry about the protection of heaven if you have the direction and the correction of heaven. Because Mary had the direction and Joseph embraced correction, there was a natural protection over their lives. His instruction through both directing and correcting led to a protection in their life. Look at Philippians 1, chapter 1, verse 6. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the days of Christ. Listen, if God's planned it, no, no, hell or high water can take it. Some of us are so, I need, I need the blood of Jesus. I need protection over my life. I'm so fearful of this disease and this economics and this relationship and this problem. I just live in fear. Listen, if you have the direction of heaven and the correction of heaven, you'll have the protection of heaven. It says Joseph took Jesus and Mary and they fled to Egypt and came back when God told them to come back. Psalm 23, verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You know this say that the, the staff was this hooked, long stick like you see in place. And that was for two things. The staff was to both direct the sheep. We're going this way. The shepherd would use it to walk and the sheep knew his voice. They just followed him. We're going this way. Well, that was a bad choice. We'll go this way. It also corrected them. A sheep start going off the wrong way, maybe get caught down in a little ditch. It would hook it around the sheep and pull it up out. And the staff was both for directing and correcting. The rod was like a club, and that was to protect them against lions and bears and tigers, oh my. And if you have the staff, the directing and the correcting, then you'll also have the rod that will keep hell and the powers of, uh, of the enemy away from you. And it says that Joseph, it says that David, for example, and shepherds, it says they killed a lion and a bear coming for the sheep. Listen, because the staff directs and corrects, the rod protects. You don't need to fear this new year coming, folks. Don't need to fear if your marriage is going to make it. Don't need to fear if your business is going to make it. You don't need to fear if your health is going to make it. Why? Because God has a plan. And if we're open to his direction and we're open to his correction, the Bible says, because we have his staff, they comfort us, the rod will protect us. And our steps are ordered today. You need to know Kevin's speaking this morning. He's speaking direction to some of you and correction to others. And both are to be celebrated. You know, as Joseph didn't wake up grumpy, he woke up with a new motivation going, thank God you saved me from making a big mistake. He could have been the guy that missed out on what heaven wanted to do. Listen, there's some correction in this room, some correction in this heart. I'm saying, God, bring it on. Why? Because I believe the best is yet to come. And if you direct me and you correct me, I know you'll protect me to finish what you started. Can we stand to our feet all over this place? I want to pray for you today. I want to sing this song as a, as a, as a moment of reflection. 
We're going to sing this in a second. Thank you so much, Brian. We're going to sing this for a, for a moment. Here's what I want you to do. Don't, no moving around. The coffee will be there. The hot chocolate will be there. The kids will still be there. And they got gifts today. They're so cute what they got. They're gifts for you for parents. It's amazing. But during this moment, when we just, can you just, even as Emily encourages, maybe just close your eyes, maybe lift your hands in a moment, and just say, God, would you both direct me, and would you correct me? Because the goal isn't to be right, it's to be aligned. And his gift of instruction is a gift that keeps on giving. So, Father, I pray right now. I pray right now. Father, for our church. God, we open our hearts right now. We pause in this moment. We're going to be still and know that you are God. I'm praying right now you would give direction. Some of you are leaning in with changes you want to bring and unexpected things. Father, I pray we'd be open to it. We would say, let it be, Lord. There's others here, Father, you have your finger on something going, hey, you need to stop. You need to stop. Or you need to go back and start doing this again. You were wrong to stop that. There's correction. I pray, God, we would open our hearts like Joseph did and say, God, let it be. God, I pray in this room would flow the gift of instruction in this room. It's a gift. Would you lead us into our tomorrows? Would you lead us into tomorrows? Would you correct us today? Would you direct us today? And would you protect us as we go from here? I pray these next few minutes, God, would you just speak to us right now? Come on, church. He's going to speak to you right now. He's going to start putting his finger on things. He's going to start leading you right now. All over this place. Holy Spirit, fill this room right now and instruct us. Holy Spirit, the helper and the healer, all we need is more of you, we want more of you, and Holy Spirit, the truth, the living water, all we
of us. You are with us. We're asking that you would speak clearly to your people. Would you show us new opportunities, new direction? Would you correct us where we need to turn around? God, we align with you. Our goal is alignment and completeness. God, speak to us this season. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you. And thank you for your protection. In the name of Jesus. Church, if you need prayer for anything today, we have a prayer team. They're going to make themselves available. They know who they are. They have, they have badges on. If you need prayer for anything, for five minutes as we dismiss, for healing, for any miracles you need, anything you want us to agree with you for, we're going to pray with you. God bless you. Pick up your kids. Have free coffee and hot chocolate. We'll see you back here next Sunday morning. And don't forget, sign up for our Christmas experience. Tickets are going fast. God bless you.